Psalm 105, we live in a very impatient time, don't we? We're in a hurry. People are in a hurry. I've talked with several folks this week that are business owners, and they're talking about how impatient their customers are getting. Um, I've been horn-cussed a time or two this week. People ain't anxious. You can do five miles over the speed limit. It's not fast enough for some folks. Not that I've done five miles over the speed limit. It was Lynn. Lynn was driving at that time. Y'all should see. Y'all just think she's sweet and calm and mild up here reading Scripture. Speed demon. But we're impatient. And can I say that impatience and thankfulness seldom go hand in hand. When we're grateful, there's not that sense of impatience. I want you to see a truth this morning, and I'm going to get right to the text because I don't want to, I'll take the time, take the time later to read the first five verses of this psalm. In this first five verses, this is a psalm of thanksgiving. The psalmist gives us eight different ways that we can give thanks and praise to God. Eight different ways that we can process our sense of gratitude and thankfulness. He gets to verse 5, and he, the eighth one that he gives, he says in verse 5, remember his marvelous works that he has done. Has God done marvelous things in your life? We don't have to look hard to find those. He says, remember the marvelous things. And then he goes on because he's speaking to the people of Israel. He speaks about the covenant that God has kept. I'm glad that God is a covenant-keeping God. Now, I'm under a different covenant than he's talking about, but I'm glad that though it may be a different covenant, it's the same God. The same faithfulness is the same faithfulness that we see. The same God who does marvelous things is the same God who has done marvelous things in our lives. As he begins to recount these things for the people of Israel and to remind them of things that they know that God has done for them, he comes to verse 17, and he begins to talk about a man that we know well from the book of Genesis, Joseph. He says that he, God, sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. This verse encapsulates what Joseph says to his brothers. You remember at the end of the book of Genesis when his brothers come to Joseph and Joseph says, you are the ones who sold me into Egypt and you meant it for evil, but God meant it for what? Good. And that's exactly what this verse is saying. Do you see that it says, as Joseph said to his brothers, God sent me before you to preserve life. Here he says that it was God who sent a man before them, even Joseph. He was sold as a servant. It was the action of man, but it was God at work. I'm glad that in my life and in your life that there are times when it, thinks, it seems that the events in our life are subject to whim, they are subject to the actions of others, they're subject to our own actions, that God is behind the scenes, in control, accomplishing his purpose and accomplishing what he wants to get done. And that's what happened. Joseph's brothers are acting. They are acting evilly. We live in a world when we see people doing things that are evil. We live in a world that we see people doing things that are bad, and it seems as if they are in control. They are doing them, and they are doing them for evil, but God turns them and uses them for good. And then we see this verse that I want you to focus with me this morning. Verse 18, he says, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. 
I want to preach to you this morning on being thankful in our until. Being thankful in our until. Until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. How can we praise God? How can we give thanks when we are living in an until? We often live in the Christian life, there is seldom a time when God is not in the process of doing something. We could look through Scripture and we could think about Joseph and his waiting and his until. He is chained in a prison. We know the story. He is sold as a slave into Egypt. He is sold as a servant to Potiphar. He is then thrown into prison and he spends at least two plus years in prison waiting on the word of the Lord. The Old Testament is full of this. The Scriptures are full of this. We could think of Noah, a hundred and plus years waiting on the rain to come. The people of Israel, after promise after promise of God that a Messiah was going to come, and generation after generation of Israelites lived and Jews lived, and still the Messiah did not come. They were living in that until the promise and the fulfillment. We could think about the disciples between crucifixion and resurrection waiting on Christ to come out of the grave. And we can think about us living in a time when Jesus said, I will come again, and here we are still living in the until. Some of you are living in the until. You are asking God to answer your prayer. You are asking God for guidance. You are asking God for a solution to what's going on in your life. You are seeking after God. You are seeking to know God. And you come expecting, and you're still waiting. You're still living in that until. When will my word come? I want you to see three things that allow us. Because let's be honest, while we're waiting, it is hard to be thankful. While we are trusting, it's hard to be thankful. It is one thing to be thankful for what God has already done. And every one of us can do that because that's what we've done this morning. We have praised God because we have found him faithful and we said amen. We have, he has seen us through the fire. He has done those things. This is what God has done. It's one thing to praise God for what he has done. It is another thing to be able to praise God for what he has not yet done. To praise him and give thanks in the until. I want you to see three simple thoughts this morning from this verse that speak to us about praising and giving thanks in the until. The first thing that I would say to us is, is that we can give thanks and we can give praise because God is a God who gives a promise. He is a God who gives a promise. Do you see it in that verse? Until the time that his word came. Now, is this his word speaking of his being God's word? Until it came to pass, or is it speaking of a promise that Joseph had latched on to that he took by faith and he was waiting for that word that had been given to him so it was his, Joseph's word? I believe that both are true because when God speaks that promise and we claim that promise by faith, it becomes our promise. It becomes our word to know that God is going to do this. God has told Joseph, Joseph, you are going to rule over your brethren. And Joseph sitting there in the chains of prison, it hasn't happened yet. And he's still waiting until that promise is fulfilled. God gives a promise. What is a promise? A promise from God is a statement that we can depend upon with absolute confidence. 
It's a statement from God that we can depend upon with absolute confidence. Aren't you grateful for the promises of God? Aren't you glad that He is a promise-keeping God? All of us have had people make promises to us that they didn't keep. Some of them never intended to keep them to start with. Some of them intended to keep them but weren't able. But I'm glad that when God gives a promise, He is faithful to fulfill His word. There are hundreds of promises in the Bible, and God has never failed on the first one. But let me quickly give you nine promises this morning that you and I can claim. We can claim the promise that God loves us. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Aren't you glad for that promise? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. God has accepted me. That is a promise that I can claim when I am rejected by a family member, when I am rejected by this world, when I am rejected by other Christians, when rejection comes and I am not accepted or I do not feel acceptable, I am glad that Ephesians 1.6 says I have been made accepted in the beloved. The promise that God leads us. When he puts forth his own sheep, John chapter 10 and verse 4, when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. There is no place or time in my life that God has not gone first, that he has not gone before. He is leading. He is the shepherd that goes before the sheep. Promise that God cares for us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. You may feel like nobody in this world cares about what's going on in your life. You may feel like that even those who say they care don't really care. And they're only just listening just because they have to. It's the nice thing to do. And let's be honest, there are times in this life when it's kind of hard and we just sort of listen because we have to. And we smile and we nod and we say, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, that's, wow, that's really tough. I'm glad that God cares and I have that promise. I have the promise that God will help me. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Isaiah 41.10. The promise that God delights in me. The Lord rejoices over his people. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 41. Here's a promise that I have claimed multiple times, and if you're wise, so have you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad that God has promised to forgive our sins? Have you ever thought about this? Can you imagine how you would treat yourself if you were God? I wouldn't put up with me if I were God and I were me. That makes sense to some of you, and some of you are still trying to figure that out. I, I get it. But if I came, if, if I were God and someone came to me seeking forgiveness as much as I have come seeking forgiveness, sometimes for the same sins, I don't think I would forgive. But he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These are promises. The promise that God keeps us. Isaiah 49, 6, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. And I'm glad that God is always with you. 
That's a promise from God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 and 2 Samuel 12, 22, he said, God will never forsake his people. These are promises. These are statements from God that we can depend upon with absolute confidence. And so when you find yourself in that until, why hasn't God answered this prayer? Why hasn't God given guidance? Why hasn't God directed? Why hasn't God done what I'm expecting and hoping and trusting and believing him to do? Why has it not happened yet? I can trust and you can trust because God has given a word. God has given a promise. And it wasn't just a word from God. It was a word that Joseph accepted and it became his word. Until the time that his word came, we can be thankful, we can praise because God has given a promise. Find a promise from God and anchor into it. Find that word from God. Find that promise from God's word and set your anchor on that firm promise because Hebrews says he is faithful who promised. We can give praise We can be thankful because God has a promise, but I want you to see a second truth here. God uses a process until the time that his word came. He had a word. God said, this is going to happen in your life. This is what's going to take place. But until it came, there's time going on. Here's an important principle for us to remember. The God who can do things instantly sometimes doesn't. And if God doesn't do something instantly, there's a benefit in the process that I would not get if he did it instantly. That's important for us to understand. God does some amazing things instantly. I mean, look at this world. God spoke, and there it was. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was what? Light. He said, let there be this, and it was there. He spoke, and instantly it was there. I'm glad that when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was regenerated immediately, instantly. But there are things that God takes his time to do. And we have to trust that the process. You see, we're all about the, we're about the end result. We're all about what's going to happen. Where does it gonna, how's it going to turn out? What is the answer? If God is taking his time, and he does, he is doing what he is doing on his time schedule. And very often, the end result is not the most important thing that God is doing in our life. The most important thing that God is doing is the process that gets us there. I was talking with someone recently, and they're praying about a decision and a choice they have to make. And they said, what if I go through this whole event, this whole process, and it's a closed door? Then God will have taught you more through the process than you ever would have learned going through that door. God takes that process and he takes all those events that are taking place. There were times early in my ministry that there were opportunities and open doors and I always tested them to find out, God, is this what you want me to do? If this was something that was biblical and something that was ethical, then is this something you want me to do? And I would go through the process of seeking God's will. And let me say to you, our students, listen, and to adults as well, God is not some cosmic playing some game of cosmic hide-and-seek with his will for our life. It's not that God wants to make us miserable and not let us know. He very often takes us through that process of finding and seeking God's will to do something important in our life. 
And the process is more important. Don't get so caught up in finding the answer to your question that you miss the lesson that God is teaching. God is at work, and I shared with this person that when I would go to these doors, I would open the test these doors. God, is this where you want me? Is this what you want me to do? And very often it was not. But it was not wasted time. It was not a wasted effort because it was a process and God was teaching me. And I heard God say no so many times that I recognized his voice when he said yes. Why? Because I had learned and been developed through the process. Let me tell you that whether it's seeking God's will or seeking an answer to prayer or seeking a solution or seeking resolution to a situation or a problem, God will be working and teaching you through the process. God is at work in Joseph's life. And yes, Joseph wants to get out of prison. Joseph wants to get out of these bonds that are chaining him. But God is at work in his life. I am glad that God, when he doesn't do things instantly, think about the things that God takes his time doing. God takes his time with his work in us to sanctify us and make us holy. God takes his time. There are miracles where there are steps and processes. Do you remember the man that came to Jesus? He was blind. God, Jesus touched his eyes. And he says, what do you see? He said, I see men walking around like trees. I've often wondered about that. I've never seen any trees walking. I'm not sure what that looks like. I think he says, I see men like trees walking around. They look like trees walking around. It was a two-stage miracle. And there's been some things God's done in my life that I feel like are probably four and five and ten and twelve stage miracles. But a miracle that takes a long time is nonetheless a miracle than one that happens instantly. Praise God for the long miracles, the things that God is doing. So trust the process. God uses a process until his word came. Let me show you a third thing quickly. We can praise God because he has a purpose. What is God doing in Joseph's life? Until the word, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The word there for tried is the word for a a purification by fire. It is being purified in a furnace. I love what Job says, when I am tried, I shall come forth as pure gold. What is God doing? God is purging out things from our life. So if you're living in the until right now and you're wondering, God, why haven't you answered this prayer? Why haven't you taken care of this situation? Why haven't you done this? God, why haven't you shown me what you want me to do? Why haven't you revealed your perfect will for my life? Why haven't you done this? God is in the process of purifying and making you and I more like Jesus Christ. He is purifying us. Let me walk you through this quickly. In the beginning, God created man in whose, in what? His own image. In the image of God created he him. Okay? I was created, we were created in the image of God. Sin and the fall marred that. And God has been at work to restore mankind to that image. What is God doing in Joseph's life? What is this purification that's taking place? It's bringing out holiness. It's making Joseph look like God. It's bringing out the divine image in in Joseph. 
What is God at work in us? Why does he save us? Why does he sanctify us? He is preparing us for our ultimate glorification when we will be restored to the image of God. Who is the one person that has ever lived that is the perfect expression of what God would look like in human form? Jesus Christ. And so God is at work to purify us and restore us to looking like himself, looking like Jesus. So if my ultimate good is to be restored to God's image, listen to me carefully. Whatever God chooses to use to accomplish that is good. Romans chapter 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. He goes on to say that that purpose is for us to be like Christ. That's what he's doing here. God has a purpose. I can't imagine living in the until. I can't imagine going through what many people go through and what we sometimes go through for there not to be a purpose to it, for it just to be random chance. But what brings comfort and rejoicing to my heart and what allows me to give thanks and praise is that God is working purposefully to refine as in a furnace my life and your life to be like Jesus. That's the thankfulness. How do we thank when we're living in the until? How do we give praise when we're living in the until? How? It's, oh yes, I can thank God for what he's done, but how do I thank him for what is undone? What is it in your life that you're asking God to do that is undone? Have you come to the place that you can give him thanks for that? Can you say, God, thank you for what you have done, but thank you for what you have not yet done? Living in the until. What is your until? Will you praise him till your until is fulfilled? Will you give him thanks? Can you say, Lord, I give you my until, and I will praise you until my word comes. I want you to bow your heads just for a moment this morning. I know what some of you are going through. I do not know what everyone is going through. But I do know that there's seldom, if ever, a time in our life when God is not in the process of doing something. So I want to ask you this morning, are you praising God, thanking God? Can this week, as we spend a week giving thanks, can you thank God for what is still undone? Are you willing to do that? Maybe this morning you need to come and kneel at the altar and say, Preacher, I came earlier in the service. That's okay. I'll still run to the same direction. Maybe you just need to come and say, God, I give you this situation. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to keep praising you until my word comes. Until your promise is fulfilled, I'm going to keep holding on to that promise. I'm going to keep claiming that promise. I'm going to fight for my courage. I'm going to fight for my confidence. I'm going to fight for my thankfulness through your word. Maybe there's 
a burden that you're carrying. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a situation, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a child, a grandchild, a neighbor, a friend, and you need to bring them to the Lord this morning. I want to give you the opportunity to do that invitation. Father, I pray this morning for my brothers and sisters and their untils. I pray, Lord, that they will continue to give thanks and praise until that promise is fulfilled. I don't know what they're all facing, but I know we're facing challenges and burdens. And There's some here this morning with heavy needs on their lives. I pray, Lord, that they will bring them and cast them upon you because you care for us. We ask and pray this in Jesus.